Hello and welcome back to City Beautiful SC in Orlando City Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Stump. And today is Sunday, March 5th. Uh, the Orlando City Lions actually had a game last night against FC Cincinnati. We're going to talk about it, but uh, exciting news. I actually had uh, credentials and media credentials to the game, so covered my first game as press, which was really exciting with Stateside Soccer Show. But uh, because this show is presented by Stateside, I thought that it would be cool to have some clips here. And then I've got some other clips uh, more specific to uh, CCL and more specific to like Pat Noonan and uh, FC Cincinnati. And so um, I'm going to leave those over for Stateside Soccer Show, but I'm going to play some of the clips here from Oscar Pereja uh, and the press conference. And then also uh, a question that I asked uh, Abdi Salim who was a starting center back last night, which was really exciting. Uh, Oscar started with the back three uh, last night and kind of looking over some of the notes um, and some of the stats and stuff that they gave us last night. But overall, uh, welcome. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening if you have already. I know that uh, there's been some pretty good following so far, so that makes me really excited. I'm excited about – I've got a couple people lined up to talk to about joining me on the podcast. I'm looking forward to talking uh, with a couple of people that have kind of reached out. But if you're still uh, interested in joining the podcast and reach out to me, you can reach out to Stateside Show, Stump Logan over on Twitter, or uh, CityBeautiful13, and you can – get into the DMs and ask if uh, you're able to kind of join the show, but I, I would definitely want to meet you before I, I let you on just to see how we are as far as like chemistry is concerned and um, different ideas like that. I usually do record on Sundays. Um, I know that some people might have some issues with that, but uh, I usually do record Sundays um, pretty flexible uh, from around nine to about two or three in the afternoon on Sundays. So if you are able to record then, then that is ideal, but if not, then I'm sure we can find a time to, record uh, i do record an mls specific web or uh, sorry podcast uh, with my co-host jordan Wiegand, and it is called the stateside soccer show and we do those on mondays and wednesdays and we record uh, a match review recap week recap review and then we also do midweek preview and then we just have about 30 to 45 minutes where we talk about some of the headlines of the week we talk about some of the stuff that we want to talk about that we don't really get to talk about in the reaction and recap show just because it's a lot of action in mls now with 29 teams um and uh yeah so if you're interested in joining city mutable sc then definitely slide into the dms and and kind of share your information with me and then we'll jump on a uh stream link and we'll talk and i'll kind of go through like how you went through orlando city how you became a fan and just kind of see how the chemistry is kind of like a practice podcast in a way but definitely interested in having some people on to help me because it is very hard to do by myself to manage just this podcast alone. So, yeah, if you're interested, um, that's all I'll say about that. Um, And then uh, we can talk a little bit more as the show wraps up. But welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm excited to talk Orlando City. They did get the draw nil-nil against FC Cincinnati last night. I was in the box um, and just kind of going to go over the, the atmosphere. When I walked in, it was pretty rambunctious just because I think there was a monster truck rally. There's a country concert there was an Orlando City soccer game. They're playing one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, such as Cincinnati. And it was a uh, an electric vibe. I was walking in. I was walking past some of the fans as I was walking to the stadium. And uh, the stadium itself uh, was bumping the whole time. Uh, I know there was, I think it was 18.062 or 26 uh, as far as attendance is concerned. Um, so not a packed house, but uh, definitely a good showing for a city that had all sorts of different events going on last night. Um, And I know there was a lot going on as far as 
sports were concerned. So um, if you were able to make it out to the game, uh, I, I know that the atmosphere was good to start with, uh, but it was pretty quiet throughout the game. So there was not a lot of action to get real excited about. And I do know that with uh, City, there is a lot of moving pieces, a lot of new pieces coming in, uh, going out. And then there's also some movement with FC Cincinnati. Um, they pretty much feel the same team uh, that they did last year, towards the end of last year. But I think that there's still some rust to be knocked off in the second week, match day two. Um, and I think that that really did show once again. And I think it's shown across the league that, you know, the first, I would say, five to six weeks of MLS, there's a lot of rust being knocked off. lot of inconsistencies just because the teams really haven't gelled yet together but i think once you start to hit your stride and usually around the end of april beginning of may is when you really start to kind of heat it up um i think that's when teams when you start to look at your five or six games deep matches deep then i think it's a lot of trouble if your team is struggling and i think there's uh there's some concern i guess on the orlando city side just because the inconsistencies with goals uh, and shot and cre- uh, creation chances and i think that was something that we we discussed last night with oscar and something that um even pat noonan had kind of mentioned that he knew that this team uh, had a lot of new moving pieces they were rotating a lot of pieces because of the championship or uh, sorry the champions league match that's coming up on tuesday against tigres in mexico so they talked about you know, uh, Pat was even aware of some of the struggles that Orlando City was having as far as rotation of pieces and trying to get all these new guys playing together. Because, I mean, you look at this roster, and I think, you know, it's safe to say about 60 to 70% of it is new guys or, or guys that are just getting accustomed to playing in this league and playing with these guys on the field and on the pitch. Um, and, I, and I think that's a reasonable concern. Um, but I think it's also a concern that we can kind of um, – rain back in a little bit just because uh, I think that there is uh, some gelling issues currently. And I think that once those get solved, I think this, this, I think that this attack could be pretty good. Um, I, it, it's kind of up in the air of how good, just because we're, we're kind of waiting for the likes of Martino hated to start playing really well. Uh, we're, we're waiting on guys like Gaston um, to kind of mesh in with this attacking front that he did last night that I thought he was exceptional. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I think that the match let, left a lot to be desired on both sides. And I think um, Pat Noonan said it best when he said that these are two really good teams and he knew Orlando defends really well. And that, you know, when they came into Orlando, it's a tough place to play. And he said he didn't expect to create a lot of chances. And you got to remember that FC Cincinnati is one of those elite attacks, especially with the three that they have, Lujo Acosta, Brendan Va- or Brandon Vasquez, and Brenner. Uh, I think you've got a lethal trio. I think last year they combined for like 40-some-odd goals. Um, so, it, again, it's it's important that you shut that three-headed monster down, and they did. They kept a clean sheet. Uh, Pedro Galese, once again, kept a, P- a clean sheet. So uh, Orlando has not letting goals. And I think that was something that we talked about right at the beginning of the season with the previews is that we were concerned about consistency with the defense. If Antonio Carlos came back and Robin Janssen continued to play at the high levels that they do, I think they're one of the best uh, duos in the center back position. But I think that was a lot of if just because Robin Janssen has not been healthy and and Antonio Carlos has not been healthy. So, um, and a lot of it was left on Rodrigo Schlegel and then kind of a makeshift center back pairing between Rodrigo and whoever might be healthy at the time, even had some uh, defensive midfielders playing at center back positions, or he tried to kind of go with that three center back um, idea, but it was just really one center back with uh, two, uh, one, two options on the, on the fullback side. So again, I thought, you know, Pat was pretty apparent on uh, just how this would go, and, and he was pretty transparent with the idea that 
uh, Orlando City is a good defensive team, and coming in here and just grabbing a point was kind of the goal, uh, especially this early in the season, and he's happy with it. Uh, he thought that maybe they could get away with three points, but they didn't. So on the flip side, Oscar Pereja said that he was uh, extremely proud of his team uh, last night. He thought that they uh, did have some good chances, um, especially um, with, uh, I think, when they started to kind of implement Cartagena in the second half. Uh, I thought that that – or sorry, not Cartagena. Um, I mixed up on uh, – when they had Cesar Arujo uh, come down, I, I thought that the attack looked better with Cesar kind of in that midfield. Uh, Mauricio Pereira did not play um, as well, uh, and he came off at halftime. So uh, I think, you know, with with a makeshift uh, rotating attacking midfield and attacking front, I think that this team looked how they were going to look. I, I didn't really expect goals. Once it got into, you know, the 30-minute mark, it really did look like the team was going to struggle to get some consistency as far as the attack's concerned. They couldn't put together a string of passes. They couldn't put a series together. It seemed like that final pass was just missing in their final third. They just could not get it to a, a dangerous attacking player in the box, which then left to hardly any creation as far as shots are concerned. And then any of the shots that they did uh, – get up it was not uh, on target i think they'll have one shot on target and you know that's that's something that uh i think fans were concerned about i think on twitter i just got the the sense that fans were uneasy with the amount of shot creation that happened especially uh shots on target so uh, yeah I, I think it's something to highlight but something to keep in the back of your mind just because i i know with just some of these new players coming in it is tough to kind of get a read of what exactly it is that uh, this attack's going to look like right now so Again, some big question marks. It's only match day two, so it's kind of hard to get a, a judge on how this team is, especially with how many rotation pieces that they have. But just let me go through uh, last night's 11. So uh, in goal, obviously, Pedro Galese. And then we had Rodrigo Schlegel, Abi Salim, and then Kyle Smith as a back three. So we were, you know, deploying that back three that I think Oscar's going to kind of play around with, especially if some of the center back options are not healthy. But again, we'll get to Abi Salim because I think he looked like a legitimate uh, MLS player last night, uh, the the rookie out of Syracuse. Uh, and uh, We talked to Abdi last night, and we'll get into a little bit of that conversation that we had with him. Then you had Dugardan and then Wilder uh, Cartagena in the midfield along with Mikey Holiday. So Mikey Holiday kind of slid up into like a kind of a wing back role. Um, there, were, there were a lot of times defensively where that became a back five. Those two would kind of suck in um, where you had Cartagena and Mikey Holiday drop back into more of a defensive back line with the with the three center backs so uh, a lot of times when they were in that defensive uh third final third they, they were deploying a back five to try to keep at bay those three attacking players and i thought they did a phenomenal job i thought um for the most part they really shut down brenner um i think brandon vasquez had a couple times where he was trying to clean up the box a little bit and got away from uh, some of the defenders i tell you uh, lucio acosta was easily the best attacking player last night and you can just tell that cincinnati relies on him to really dictate the midfield and create that midfield area and i think that's something that orlando city was okay with letting him do and we'll talk about kind of where my concerns were with that but and then you had uh, mauricio Pereira in the midfield as well so you had a, a four midfield um like line, I guess. Um, so it was, they were lined up in a three, four, two, one. Uh, you had Gaston Gonzalez and Facundo Torres more as kind of the deeper lying wingers, um, kind of further back towards the midfield uh, in kind of that triangular shape uh, up front. And then you had at the top, Air John Cara, 
and Eric John uh, struggled mightily, I thought, last night. So we'll, we'll get into that as well. And then on the bench, you had Felipe, you had Martino Ojeda, Luca Petrasso, Duncan McGuire, Mason Studahar, Ivan Ongulo, Janssen. You had Rafael Santos and then Cesar Arrujo. So guys that were missing from the first starting 11 uh, of the season, Martino Ojeda, Luca Petrasso, Ivan Angulo, Robin Janssen, and then you had Cesar Arrujo, who were all uh, on the bench last night. So you had five good players um, that were um, – not starting in the 11. And I think most of that had to do with uh, game management and, and needing them ready to go at their, uh, you know, best abilities and for 90 minutes on Tuesday against Tigres and Monterey. So, yeah, I, I thought, you know, as the lineup was concerned, I thought it was okay. I thought it was good to get some of these depth pieces going because we talked about this in the off season as well, is that with, with some of these new additions, it did seem like Orlando City's emphasis this offseason was to get some depth and some MLS quality depth um, as far as like guys they could think could play in this league and consistently um, compete and contribute off the bench and I thought that they had that Uh, and I thought you know looking at these guys last night I thought Cartagena you know if he's not going to be in your starting 11 if you're going to have more of a Cesar Ruscio and then you're going to have Mauricio Pereira I thought you know maybe with Gaston Gonzalez in the it just depends like I think that there's so many different lineups that Oscar can go with that I think once these guys start to gel, he's going to figure out which guys come in and, and can play together and play efficiently together. Could it be Cesar Ruscio and Cartagena? Like, could it be Mikey Holiday in that midfield kind of playing as a wing back? Uh, you never know. Like, and I think that's what Oscar was trying to play around with some last night. And to get a point out of a uh, rotational game, out of a game that I thought he was just trying to see what uh, kind of depth and kind of uh, skills that his depth did have, I thought – you know, they had a chance to win it. And uh, if you're, you're going to get a point out of this, then that's okay. I think early in the season, you definitely want to try to get three points at home. And, and Oscar talked about that anytime you play at home, especially in a really good game against a rival like Cincinnati in the Eastern Conference at the top. You definitely want to take as many points as possible. But, you know, I, and I thought Orlando City defensively set themselves up to get the three points uh, with one goal. Uh, you get a handball in the box or something like that again it ends up one nil and you've got kind of that same result that you had against red bull who also is the top team in this league and yet they haven't gotten off the mark yet as far as scoring um four teams in the mls haven't scored so um you know i I think there's a lot of inconsistencies as far as scoring is concerned this is one of the best attacking uh trios in in the league and to be able to shut them down with our second options defensively as far as Rodrigo Schlegel is not a starting 11 player. Abi Salim is not a starting center back um, just yet. And then you've got Kyle Smith, who's a backup fullback. So <laughs> to, to be able to shut down one of the best attacking uh, play, you know, playmakers in this league, I thought was a massive, massive, uh, I guess, uh, thing for this back line. So I guess <clears throat> we'll go through some of the stats um, that they gave over last night. Um, a couple things that I thought was interesting. Orlando City uh, at halftime, Erjan Kara uh, only had nine touches at the first half, um, which is not ideal for your DP striker. And then, and that's something I think we talked about too, is you've got to be able to create Martino Heda, Mauricio Pereira, you go Gaston Gonzalez, um, you've got, uh, who am I blanking on? Um, Facundo Torres, you, you've got to create for Erjan Kara. And I think that's something that was severely lacking in this match. And any time that he did touch the ball, it was quick uh, to turn it over to Cincinnati. And, and I think once he got the ball, they were quick on him. And he was not able to kind of turn and get his head up to kind of look for 
the next pass. And if he did find the next pass, it was either behind a player, um, in front of the player too far, into the Cincinnati defense's feet. Like, it, it just seemed like Eric John at times gets so flustered he doesn't really – you know, pick up his head, look for the next pass, get to a good position to kind of drop the ball off to one of the wingers going down the side or up through the middle. And, and I think that's something that Orlando City is definitely going to have to, to be aware of. And I think, too, you know, there's a lot of concern. There's always been some concern with Air John Cara. Had a pretty decent uh, outing last season, I think 11 goals last year. Um, and, you know, I, he's a good striker. Uh, I think he's got some good abilities, but I do think that if you're starting to look down the line and you've got guys like Duncan McGuire who can play the number nine, yes, he's a, he's going to be a rookie. Um, it's going to be his first year and kind of throwing him up top maybe is, is a little scary, but I think he's going to get some looks because I do think that air John at times does struggle. Uh, and I, and I don't know if it's um, just confidence or if it's, you know, just his, lack of awareness as far as like where the defense is. Cause it's oftentimes when he's coming up to the midfield, he's coming back down the field to get the ball. And by the time he gets to it, he's, you know, way outside the box. He's trying to distribute through a midfield position. And it, it just doesn't seem like that's something that is uh, suited for his kind of game. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how they, they implement him in the season. And I thought maybe with some progression, he could get 15 goals, but right now it doesn't look to be the case. It looks like he kind of was in that spot where he was last year, where, Sometimes he looks good. Sometimes it's it's a lot rather inconsistent, and he looks hesitant on the ball. He loses the ball quite a bit, and so you, you've got concerns there. Um, shots from inside the box, full time, just had four shots from inside the box. Um, and then uh, what else? Shots outside the box, three. You had four corners taken, only one in the second half, uh, which I thought was kind of where this attack was going. I thought there were times where it just lacked inspiration um, to get anywhere in the uh, mix and into the box. I thought, you know, playing crosses in, there was nothing that looked too dangerous. Uh, I think there was only one that I can remember, and it was Kyle Smith, and I believe he played it into um, – whose head did he miss? Was it Mikey Holiday's? Hold on, I've got it written down. Whose head he missed? Um Thought I had it down. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, he, he launches one across into the box. And I, I want to say it was Mikey Holiday who couldn't quite get up to it. Uh, and I could be wrong. I can't remember exactly who it was. But uh, yeah, it, it just, there were times where it just looked like Orlando City just didn't have anything going for it. They weren't going to be able to create any kind of shots on target or shots created. And, and it really did show um, that. It's, it's match day two, and it, it looked like match day two. Everything else I, I thought uh, was okay for Orlando. I mean, I, I thought, you know, defensively they played pretty well. They won most of their duels uh, in the first half. The second half, not so much, only 47%. Um, passing accuracy, 83% last night and full-time. Uh, Cincinnati dominated possession full-time. Um uh, they had, or sorry, yeah, full-time they had 56% of possession and uh, really just kind of kept the ball away from Orlando. So Orlando really wasn't able to kind of create anything and waiting for uh, the very few chances that they get. Uh, and I think the chances came uh, few and far between. And I, and I thought that that was something that really kept Orlando City hindered and not being able to play at their best. But 
not a ton to really talk about with this match. It was just a lot of just left, to, uh, you know, a lot to be left, to, or sorry, a lot to be desired, um, a lot left out on the pitch. And I thought, you know, to be able to steal three points would have been good at, at home in front of a pretty good crowd. So I don't know, kind of a letdown, but uh, I think going forward, I think City. Biggest thing will just be trying to unlock this attacking front that I think has a lot of talent, right? We haven't seen Martino Hayter really break out because he's only been here for two matches, right? You've got Erjan Kara, who we're still, you know, pretty decent first season with 11 goals, but not great, not to the DP caliber that you really want. And I think he's got to take that next step to really reach that contract and reach the the amount of money that we've paid for him to be uh, our the you know designated player up top. Facundo Torres, you know, every game that he's in, um, sometimes he's not special, but uh, most of the time he's great. So it, it just, I think, you know, it just depends on what the attack looks like going forward. And I think that Facundo is only great when he's able to really create for people that are good up top and good finishers and be able to kind of get his teammates involved and get goals scored um, through his passing. Uh, and I think that that's something that Orlando City's trying to get to. But again, with so many rotational pieces into this match, it was so hard to find any kind of consistency. So we'll take the point. It wasn't the best game, um, but it was really exciting being there uh, for the first time covering them as an official um, member of the media. So uh, I want to thank Orlando City for having me out. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I thought that uh, it was very well run. It's a great organization. Um, just like you would expect, it was very professional, very well run, very organized. I enjoyed my time; it was very friendly, um, and so I hope to be back again sometime. Uh, a lot going on in March, so I'm not sure exactly when the next time I'll be or uh, when I apply for the next one to go and cover uh, Orlando. But it should be uh, within the next month or two that I go back out and cover a match. So uh, again, a lot of fun following it from a distance, but also a lot of fun covering it officially. Uh, as my first time, but all right. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about now uh, the post game. Oscar Pereja was asked on his thoughts uh, about this nil nil draw against Cincinnati. So I'll play uh, a clip of what Oscar had to say about the match uh, against one of the best teams in the Eastern conference. Um, well, under the circumstances and obviously with, uh, uh, the good rival that we had in front and uh, guys debuting and and putting that performance that we're proud we're happy uh, of uh, just getting getting a result at home we need to win but this this team is uh, this team needs to balance those things you know we, we when we cannot win it just get the result and we'll call with the point and that we got to take it. But there's a lot of positive things that we recognize tonight, and especially the players that are coming new with the team and 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 making us better. So we're, we're proud. Yeah, so he's talking about, uh, they asked him how he, what, you know, overall thoughts of the game, and he take a lot of positive out of it. Uh, I will say defensively, I would have, because... The way that Kyle Smith played, the way that Schlegel played, the way that Abdi Salim played was a highlight of the night. Pedro Galese showing why he's one of the top 
goalkeepers in this league. I thought defensively you look at this and go, man, if we play like this defensively, we should have no issues if we do start to score beating teams because I thought uh, we looked very sound. I thought Mauricio Pereira plays pretty well, you know, as a kind of a deeper lying midfielder at times too now. Uh, he's not as much forward as he used to be, and he's kind of dropped back a little bit in Oscar's system, and I thought he looked good defensively. Um, Cartagena looks good defensively as well. Mikey Holiday's made a really good play. Um, I forget who – it might have been Barial. One of them got inside the box. It was either Barial or Brenner. It was on this side, left-hand side, coming down this way. So first half, and Barial gets in the box, and Mikey's able to dispossess him uh, and took down um, – Who I think it was Barial. I think it was – Barial goes down, um, clean tackle, gets the ball out from underneath his feet. I thought Barial looked like he was going to create a dangerous chance for Cincinnati, but it was quickly extinguished by – Mikey Holiday dropping back into that position defensively to get that. So I thought that the young kids, Mikey uh, and uh, Abdi Salim, were fantastic. And I think that's something you look forward to when you are Oscars. You're looking at these guys that you're bringing up through academy or draft, and you're saying, hey, like this is this is something that we can do, and it's sustainable here in this league. It's sustainable with a lot of these young players. You see, like an FC Dallas, you see – the Revs, you see people like that, uh, Red Bull, uh, Philadelphia, you know, getting this crop, getting these crops of young guys through. And I think that the more you see with consistency with the young players and how good they look and they're in the first team, especially Abdi Salim, who's thrown in there because Robin Janssen has to get a rest because Antonio Carlos isn't back healthy. He's thrown in that final, you know, that back three. And he's, you know, against one of the best attacking fronts in this league, some of the best players in this league. And he, <laughs> he did a phenomenal job. He did not look like he was fresh out of college. Uh, and we talked to him after the match, and I'll play a little bit uh, where he talks about the fans and, and playing in front of that wall for the first time and what that was like to experience Orlando City and that feel of what it was like playing as a player on the field for the first time in front of all you guys and the fans. But ultimately, he, he uh, Abdi talked about how much faster everything is in this uh, league. And I – you know, uh, he goes, I don't mean to uh, really put down college, but man, are these athletes fast? Like these guys are quick. They're hard to keep up with. They're physical. They know what they're doing. And you hear that about, you hear about that all the time, but you never really, I guess the player's never really that honest where they're like, it's usually like a coach, like saying, Hey, you know, these rookies are not playing as well because the game's faster. You hear commentators say that they're stronger, faster, and that's why it's a huge adjustment period for these young guys. But for having a young kid playing in a center back position and a very good game against a very good opponent to have Abdi say, yeah, I mean, these guys are quick. They're quicker than me right now because I haven't, you know, gotten up to the speed of this game. I'm not at that level yet. I'm just learning this league uh, as a young player. So to be able to step in and really focus on, um, you know, the the match at hand and being able to shut down a Brenner or a Brandon Vasquez, like that's massive. And if you look at how big Brandon Vasquez is and how strong Brenner is and how quick Brenner is, um, you would say this kid did a phenomenal job. Uh, as far as the center back, uh, kind of that anchor in that middle of that center back back three, I thought he looked poised. He looked like a veteran, and it was really cool to see. It was really cool to hear him talk after the game because uh, it was it's, it's exciting. You can tell he was excited. He was. You can tell how much he he wants to get back out there. Um, and he was asked too if he, if he got the chance uh, to play against Tigres. Uh, 
Uh, was that something he was looking forward to because they're one of the best uh, clubs in, in Mexico? And he said, absolutely. He said, I'm looking forward to any kind of those challenges and anything that I can do to get in. Um, you know, I'm always willing to kind of show the coaches what I can do. So that was really cool to see him so confident and to have this first game go so well for him, I think is massive uh, going forward. But here's what he said uh, about the uh, I asked him a question about the wall and what it was like playing at home. Here's what he had to say about being in Orlando City for the first time, playing uh, in front of all of you guys and on the pitch, uh, I guess, having his dreams come true. I know fans were happy to see you play. Uh, how did it feel getting in front of the wall and kind of playing in front of these fans that are so passionate? At first, I was nervous because like, I'm just standing there and I'm looking. I'm like, well, this is crazy. But once I just kind of block that and just focus on my game, because if I focus on that, they'll be pleased. So I'm happy they're happy with my performance. Avi is just 21 years old. He's going to be 22 on April 1st. Um, he did not feel like a kid that, uh, that the league or the moment was too big for him. He seemed very confident, very excited. Uh, I really did enjoy talking to him just because he, he did shine some light on what it was like playing in the college level and how that, you know, you, you draft these guys in the super draft and you, you go after these college prospects and these young kids and you just don't realize. And I think a lot of people want to put a lot of pressure on these young kids. I mean, this game is so much quicker and faster and stronger than they are, especially, you know, he, he's 21. So, you know, it, there's some kids that are 18, 19, sometimes 16, 17, 14 playing in this league. And people are like, wow, he didn't really, you know, impress me. Like Paxton Aaron said, like, oh, man, he, you know, he's he's not as physical. Well, yeah, he's not as physical. He's a young kid uh, and he's just learning this league. Same thing with Oppie. But I thought Oppie looked great. Um, he's a bigger guy. Um, so, you know, that standing in there with him, he, he's got a presence to him. He's got a confidence about him that I really do enjoy. And I think a lot of fans will enjoy watching him play over the next couple of uh, years, because I think that that's ultimately what will happen. And I think he's got a really good chance to be uh, a key corner piece or a key, you know, centerpiece anchor, whatever you want to call him to this club. So I'm excited. Uh, it was really nice to talk to him. It's great to uh, hear what Oscar had to say. Uh, and Pat Noonan. Um, so let's get a little bit more into like what is coming. And we all know that CONCACAF Champions League is coming up uh, and Orlando City is going to take on Tigres uh, in uh, the CONCACAF Champions League on Tuesday. Uh, the game, I think, is at 10 o'clock Eastern time. So if you are on the East Coast, uh, you can watch it. Uh, and I believe it's going to be on Fox. It'll be probably Fox Sports 1 or 2. Uh, I imagine is where that will be found. Um, but yeah, uh, looking at Tigres, uh, <laughs> they're one of the giants of Mexico. Uh, and if you follow this game enough and you uh, are not um, somebody that turns off the Mexican leagues um, and you are able to watch Tigres play at times, you will know how dangerous they can be. And you can, uh, I think it's a great measuring stick for uh, Orlando City. I think that you're looking at a club in Tigres that's going to be uh, a special team, a team that uh, Orlando's not used to seeing, uh, and I think a team that's got um, some abilities that are lacking here in the U.S. at times. Uh, definitely a stronger side um, than some of the bottom, <laughs> bottom of the league. Um, but if you look at last – so I guess they split. I'm trying to figure out like, their uh, – Sorry, their standings are like almost impossible to get through because they split up their season in Apertura and then Clausura. 
Um, Apertura, which was the, the first half of the season, 17 matches, they finished fifth. Uh, underneath Club America, Monterey, Lagu- Santos Laguna, and Pachuca, and then it goes Tigres. But in Clausura, right now, they're in second place in behind Monterey, and Monterey's a really good team uh, playing extremely, extremely well right now. Um, but Tigres, uh, second place in Clausura, so that's second best team in Liga Mekis. And again, this is a team that we've talked about before we talked about Orlando city one day reaching the pinnacle. And I think they have, <laughs> uh, they reach a team that is going to be uh, a very, very good team, a team that I think is very dangerous. Um, and, uh, it'll be a good test. Uh, I don't know too much about Tigres. So to kind of preview them would be a farce on my end where I, I just don't know enough about them. Um, I do know that they're very good uh, in the attack. Uh, they score a lot of goals that I do know of. Um, they, they defend extremely well. They've only given up six goals. Um, they scored 16, not one of the best attacking teams in Liga Mekis, but a good attacking team. Uh, and boy, can they defend. So it'll be interesting traveling down to Tigres, playing them. Um, you want a result. That's ultimately what you want. You'll go into that match. You'll want a point. Uh, if you get a point, then that's a steal. If you get three points, the Orlando City will be coming back on a high and I would imagine that the Exploria will be bouncing uh, in that week to follow where they play Tigres uh, at home in Exploria. So I say get a point if you can. I think defensively they should be good to go. Uh, I, I don't know if Antonio Carlos uh, will be ready. If he is, he might play a half. Um, but he, I know he was still training on his own, kind of going through some of the progressions that he needs to to get back from that injury from last season. But overall, I think uh, if City just defend like they have been, then I think they can stay at least somewhat competitive <laughs> with Tigres. Um, I don't want to go out on a limb and say, oh, if they if they defend, they're going to shut up. No, I don't think so. Um, playing in Tigres, playing in their home, in their stadium in Mexico, it's not going to be easy at all. Uh, and I think that uh, anytime that they're welcoming an American counterpart, I think that they are looking forward to pounding them into the ground. So, you know, if if they end up leaving... Uh, Mexico with a 2-0, 3-0 loss, it wouldn't shock me. Um, I, I am concerned about the attacking front just because Tigres is a stout defense who do not give up goals. They don't give up any goals really at all. In 10 matches, they've only given up six, um, which is just uh, crazy. Um, and then last uh, half of the season, 14 goals scored so i don't think it looks good as far as they're figuring the attack out like all of a sudden orlando city becomes this attacking juggernaut that we hope that they do become and could become Um, i don't think that happens in mexico but it'll be a fun match 10 o'clock eastern time i'm sure it'll kick off at like 10 30 because fox is annoying Um, but uh, if you're looking forward to that definitely hit me up on twitter because i will be up watching it because i am very excited again that's this tuesday march 7th they go down uh oscar and them were talking about it they were like man i gotta get up early and and get out of here i know there was a send-off um i think near like exploria um where the players left from today or maybe the training facilities where they were. Um, but I know that they had a send off uh, heading to the airport, heading down to Mexico. They came back with a result of one point. I think we would be on a high. So looking forward to that, seeing how they do. It's a great competition, but let me, let me play uh, what Oscar said uh, about CCL and his thoughts on um, 
kind of the draw and what that looks like and as far as like what CCL is going to look like uh, because I think it was interesting to get his perspective on what it means to this club and what it means to this city. Uh, the last two days, and I asked the boys that we're not going to talk about Tigres. We have to focus on uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. And then you had in the back in your mind that you have to take care of the players, that you have to uh, rotate players, that you have to bring Faku out. And he was mad at me. <laughs> and then I say, don't get mad at me. You, you know that you're going to come out. They wanted to do it and then all these things. And now we finish. And now we have Tigres in front of us. It's uh, one of the best teams in the territory, uh, one of the best teams in the uh, competition. Uh, they are the Super Tigres in Mexico and all those things, but we are Orlando City and we're going to go there with faith, with character, and we know we can do this thing. And we're going to represent what we earn. And now we are in mode Tigres and we're going to travel tomorrow. Quick turnaround. Now Cincinnati's gone and now we go to Monterrey with positivism, with energy and taking Orlando City to international competition for the first time and we're proud. That will do. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, that was right before he left. He was actually kind enough to speak about it because he had not planned to uh, to speak about CCL, but because there's such a quick turnaround where the, the local media and press won't be able to talk to Oscar until uh, Tuesday and, and before the match and stuff, um, and the availability is probably not great. But, uh, yeah, he was talking about just the fact that, like, the, we're proud to be representing this city. We're proud to be representing this league. This is a big moment for this city, a big moment for this club to be able to travel to Mexico. In all my days, I've never pictured Orlando City heading to Mexico to play in the CONCACAF Champions League. And I know that sounds crazy. You know, you're like, what What? What kind of support is that? And I, and I think, you know, watching this team come from where they did and, and struggle uh, under Adrian Heath, uh, to struggle to find consistency with this franchise, to be able to come in, uh, have the Wilfs spend a lot of money to put a competitive team together. Um, last year, they they put together a team that wins U.S. Open Cup. They give us the, the qualification for uh, CONCACAF Champions League. It's massive to be able to raise a trophy and a banner this year. Um, and this last, sorry, this last year and raise the banner this year to be able to present it at your home opener in front of fans with the U.S. Open Cup sitting there. It's just there's so much going on that's so right in this franchise. Oscar Pereja has done a phenomenal job. He's gotten the silverware that we so desire. Now it's about focusing on MLS and, and getting better in this league. I think in the next year or two, you really will see Orlando City become that premier club that's looking to kind of challenge teams like the Union, like Seattle, like LAFC, um, you know, the teams at the top. And I think that's something where Orlando – uh, a couple of years ago, didn't really see that. And I think now you're on that path and they are willing to spend money. Facundo Torres, the, the rumor is that he had been out there and he had signed an extension. I don't know if this is actually accurate because I'm not sure it was ever confirmed. The club definitely didn't announce it. So I, I think it was a lot of just it, the offers out there and they think that this is where it's, it's going to end up going. But Facundo Torres had a, had a sell-on clause. The rumor was that it was a $30 million. So could you imagine having $30 million to trigger that, that release um, of that contract? $30 million coming into the Wills family to be able to spend and allocate to different resources for this club. I mean, it's just we've gone from middle of the pack to 
a club now that within the next year or two, we should see an exponential increase in the way that we perform, the way that we play, the way that we produce, the way that, you know, the, the product on the field, product off the field is concerned. I mean, it, it's there's so much going right for this club right now to be able to go put yourself on a national stage against one of the best and legendary teams in Liga Mekis is really cool. I can't help but smile because I think it's going to be an awesome experience to go down and see Orlando City if you have the chance or the funds or resources to get to Mexico. But if not, I hope they are in it enough in that second leg uh, to make it interesting when they come back to Exploria. Even a 1-0 you know, loss down there would be, uh, I think, a win, uh, ultimately, just to be able to come back up here with a 1-0 um, difference to try to kind of overcome at home would be a lot of fun. But again, it's going to be really hard. I think you're going to have to play in the trenches. This is going to be a gritty game. It's going to be physical as all get out. Um, it will not be fair in the way that it's uh, called, I don't think, either, um, just because it, it's extremely hard to go into those situations uh, and really take the crowd out of it um, as far as the, the concerns are with uh, referee and stuff. So it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see what happens. I, I am Excited for the opportunity. I'll leave it at that. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So again, that's Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Uh, I think it's on Fox Sports, one of the Fox Sports. So if you are streaming, that's where you are going to be able to find it. And I think that it will be a blast to watch them. The next MLS game that Orlando City uh, is going to play is against DC United. And if you look at the way that DC's played, it's kind of been that inconsistency uh, again, too, they've got a lot of new pieces. They've got a lot of turnover. Wayne Rudy's coaching that club, um, and I think they look a lot better than they did last year when they uh, unfortunately uh, grabbed the wooden spoon. But that is in D.C. at 730, uh, and it is on your Apple TV MLS season pass. That is March 11th, and that is, again, 730. So looking forward to that match. Uh, I am – hoping to do a preview at some point. I think it'll be Thursday if I do. If not, it's because I have a wedding that I am attending here in uh, Orlando, so I won't actually be able to really cover the game on Saturday at all. Um, or sorry, I'm lying. Uh, I won't be able to get into the lead up to this game very well because I'll, uh, the wedding's on Friday. Uh, and then Saturday should be pretty open um, if we're not doing anything uh, to watch uh, the DC and Orlando game. So I'm excited about that. Excited about all the product that's been happening with Apple TV. If you haven't subscribed, I definitely recommend it. It's a great way to get up, keep up with the league in, in Orlando City. They've got great team previews. I'm almost sure that they'll have some CONCACAF material, but maybe not uh, Champions League as far as that's concerned. I'm going to check tonight and check tomorrow to see if they've got anything as far as like maybe previewing. Um, I think the toughest part about this is there was such a quick turnaround between Saturday night when the game ended and then all of a sudden Tuesday. It'll be interesting, too. I, I thought that was interesting because I started to think about, you know, Oscar was talking about I, I'm focused on Cincinnati. It was Cincinnati all the way up until last night when the game ended and the final whistle blew and then it was on to Teague Days. It, having played sports before – when you do have that tight turnaround, you are preparing for both teams. And it is very hard as a player. I can tell you, honestly, it is a very hard thing to do as a player when you've got a bigger game the next time. That's why they call these kind of like a trap game, even though these are different competitions. And, and you would go out thinking that, like, let's, and you do, you go out going, all right, now I'm focused on this game and we'll worry about that game later. But it's in the back of your mind kind of thing. And it does imp impact the way that you prepare for a game and, and the lead up to the game. And you're more concerned about the game that's coming next that sometimes you forget to handle the business that's happening in the game before. So I think that's something, too, that, that kind of implement or that kind of happened to this Orlando City Club because 
it's hard not to think like I got to go home after this match and like, yes, they're professionals, but all they're human as well. They got to go home after this match, pack their stuff, get ready for Mexico, be on a plane tomorrow and on their way to Mexico to prepare and train uh, tomorrow uh, afternoon in Mexico. So again, absolutely wild. Uh, I always forget the Mondays in between Monday and Sunday. Um, so Sunday and Tuesday, but yeah. If you've listened to this episode, I, I hope that you enjoyed. There was just not a lot to cover with the game. Um, if you really kind of want some rankings, I you know I thought they were all sixes. I would say the the best performances of the night probably came from Abi Salim, Pedro Calese, who won Man of the Match, and then I thought that I thought that Gaston Gonzalez. That's who I want to talk about too. Gaston, we also talked to. Uh, I almost forgot about this. Uh, Gaston Gonzalez we talked to after the game and he was talking about coming from Argentina and finally arriving after last year uh, just before his transfer he goes out with knee injury and he comes back this year and he's getting back in he's getting back into game fitness and he looked like that last night I thought he looked phenomenal last night I thought he looked very dangerous probably the most dangerous attacking player that we had last night Um, and I thought you know coming up and down the side on the that wing back he kind of slipped back a little bit towards the wing, wing back, midfield, winger. Like he's kind of all over the place. He defends really well, um, and I and I think helps tremendously as far as uh, creating that pressure. And on the wing, um, I thought created really good chances when he was up further on the wing when he had to drop back into the defense and play some defensive midfield a little bit uh, to kind of shut down Lucho or anybody like that. I thought that was something that was really good. Um, but overall, just kind of my last thoughts on the game last night. Um, Lucho Acosta was getting away with anything that he wanted in the midfield, but I think that was just because Orlando City was just trying to absorb the pressure. Uh, in the first half, it was kind of scary because he was getting loose more. And then there was a couple times early on in the second half, too, where he kind of continued that trend where he got loose and had some balls, some great balls played into, like, Brenner. In the second minute, he played a great ball into Brenner. Um, it might have been Barhill. I can't remember who did, um, but they played a really nice ball into Brenner. I thought Brenner was going to score a second minute in, um, and then it would have quickly gone downhill from there, I think. But uh, luckily he hits one wide, and uh, Orlando City kind of solidified the defense after that because they really didn't get much after, even though Lucho Acosta is probably an MVP caliber player in this league. So, yeah, I think you just absorb the pressure. You take what you get. Uh, I think they'll do the same kind of things with like a Hani Mukhtar, Carles Heel, uh, Daniel Gazdag. Like, I think you do the similar kind of things with those guys too. You just kind of take away his options and let him do what he wants in the midfield. And, uh, you know, as he does start to approach that back line um, and you do have to kind of come out and get him. Um, I think that the the midfield and being defensively strong in that midfield, uh, like Pereira was, like Cartagena was, like Araujo was when he checked in, I think that that's massive. And then Abdi Salim, again, I cannot speak highly enough of his performance last night. I thought it was really good. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. As far as my first game um, covering as an official member of the media, that was pretty cool. I really, again, want to thank Orlando City for having me out. I thought it was a blast. They take great care of you, um, and I loved everything about it. Very friendly, uh, very helpful. Class organization, unbelievably class. Uh, I thought it was just phenomenal. Everybody was so helpful. Security was helpful. The security guy uh, checking me in was fantastic. Uh, the guy that led me up to the press box was great and phenomenal, very friendly. Uh, I love the staff there. I think they're top class as far as, you know, concessions and everything. Like any experience that I've ever had at Explore has been great because their staff make it that way. So I highly recommend if you haven't gone to Explore your stadium, you're here in Orlando and you want to get into soccer and you want to be an Orlando City fan, they will take care of you. Um, they are absolutely great at what they do and the service that they provide at Orlando City. You feel 
very good when you're there. The stadium's clean. Stadium's beautiful. Um, sits in there. Beautiful sunsets um, over Exploria. Absolutely wonderful atmosphere. I just love everything about it. And again, class organization doing some class things. So excited. Very excited about where this team is headed. Very excited to see um, what my next game is like uh, when I do experience it. So again, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for having me out Orlando City. Um, if you haven't liked, subscribed or anything on Twitter, definitely do that. Again, we're City Beautiful 13 over on Twitter. You can find us at City Beautiful SC over on YouTube. I do drop videos there. So if you want to see this lovely face, uh, you can do that. I also put some nice little clips in uh, of Abi Salim when he was talking. Um, it wasn't just his voice. It was actual video. And then um, with Oscar and them, it was just a sound bite. So I did play some sound bites of Oscar, but it was only sound bites. Um, but yeah. Overall, great experience. Loved it. Want to do it again. We'll do it again um, if they'll have me. So uh, thanks for listening. Again, thanks for uh, the support that I've seen so far. If you're interested in joining me on this podcast, definitely reach out. Uh, I've been really busy, so I'm sorry if you are listening to this and you are one of those people that reached out and I haven't quite gotten around to scheduling a time to sit down and talk. But it is coming, I promise. It's just that this weekend and this week and then leading up to this week has been so hectic. My My march is absolutely wild. Um, because I've got uh, so much travel planned and stuff. So bear with me. Um, if it's not till April, then it's not till April. But I am looking forward to having somebody else, uh, at least one, uh, join me, um, if not two or three, uh, and make this a better experience for everybody else listening. So uh, I definitely want to do some testing with you. I definitely want to see if we gel, because I think that's a really important part of the podcast. And what makes a podcast successful is people that gel and are going to take it seriously. So if you want to take it seriously, you want to jump on this with me. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun to have you. I'm excited about talking to some of you that have reached out so far. But other than that, thanks for listening and go Lions.